3: This is v Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on v
5: the Sports Betting Network.
6: Waiting in our number two of Big Bets here on v Dave Ross and Amal Shaw here at South Point Casino and Hotel going through the slate of college action tonight. And again, as we get down to the nitty gritty before we get to March Madness here, as we round down the days in February, look, the games don't. Some would say the games matter more now. They really don't, in a way, because if you look back at the games, certainly in the non-con schedule that you had at the beginning of the year, right? like the Kansas win over Kentucky, that's going to play when we're talking about Kentucky, whether or not they're going to get into the the NCAA tournament. Now Kentucky turns around and mashes Tennessee. There's going to be certain games that you look back on at the beginning of the year and go, oh, that's going to get you in or maybe keep you from getting out. So while people say these games matter more, do they really Because I still look at it and go, if you lost in a non-conference schedule earlier in the year in a high-profile game, if you come back and win in a a conference game at the end of February, should that weigh more than what you did in November or December?
2: It's my understanding the final 10 games carry a little bit more weight. Uh, I think how a team performs matters. right? Like The win against Kentucky is still a solid win, in my opinion, on the road. Uh, There are certain other wins that may not mean as much as the season progresses. You know, when UCLA drubbed Maryland, it wasn't as impressive, but now you look at what the Terps have been able to do. Yeah, it looks better. Been, it looks much better. And, you know, there are certain other wins that you look at the, the Duke win over Carolina. As the time passes, it's not as impressive of a home win. And by the way, speaking of Carolina, they're 0-9 in quad ones. Oof. Are they going to leave out Huber Davis? Because, I mean, this was the preseason number one team in the country. That that was First of all, that was a joke. Okay, they had a four-game stretch that was good. And the reason why I say four instead of five because they won five games because I assume they played some scrub in in the first round. They got to play St. Peter's. That was a – I'll never forget that was the wrong line. I remember we talked about it. Mike Palm and I talked about it. I said this is the wrong line. It was nine and a half for St. Peter's against somebody else, and then you come back against Carolina, nine and a half. Easy play on UNC. They drub them in that game. And they had to come from behind win against Baylor. That was what really kind of solidified them. KU takes them out. They beat Duke in a rivalry. You're always going to play tough against the rival. By the way, it has got to be the greatest feeling in the world. You win at Cameron last year, and you send the rat out in the final four. By the way, honestly, I might have hung myself if Duke won the national title (laughs) last year. I couldn't take the rat anymore. The rat is gone. Thank God. Coach. That's why I'm like,
6: I hope Shire goes to the final four. Hell, I hope he cuts down the nets. But that is amazing to go from national championship game a year ago to potentially missing the tournament the following year. But they look,
2: a man, Armando Baycott, if you look on NFL NFL NBA draft uh list, he's not in the top no. 60. Caleb Love is a guy who probably should have left. Mm-hmm. RJ Davis is a tr- terrific inside the arc shooter, not a great perimeter shooter, but other than that leaky black, I mean, if he hits a shot it's a bonus. He's a great defender. They're, they're not particularly good. like. But these are all the same guys that were in the title game a year ago. Yeah, but you're going based on five games. Look at the cumulative of what the regular season was for them last year. They were just an average team. The
6: reason why I bring that up is because you're right. The committee, when we get there to, to bubble Sunday, right, and they're going to say, you know, last ten games, this team was seven and three. They were hot down the stretch. The committee does value that. Yeah. I don't know that that they should, but you're going to need a Carolina, for instance, to get hot. Do you think Kentucky's not done enough? with that drubbing of Tennessee uh, a couple of days ago here to finally say that if Kentucky gets in, could they be Carolina of last year? I think they could be
2: dangerous uh, because they have size with Toppin and Sheboy, yeah. tremendous rebounder. Wheeler's got to play a little bit better. It's been t- turnover prone. And then CJ Frederick's been in a lineup with injury so far. Case um, and Wallace, is a tremendous defender. And remember a couple factors in the tournament that matter. One, the game is, a little bit longer in terms of how it's played out. And what I mean by that is the TV timeouts are longer. Mm-hmm. So teams that don't have the depth at bench, they benefit from it because normally you have 90 seconds to two minutes. I believe during the regular season. Mm-hmm. Now you go to two minutes to three and a half. Don't quote me on that, but it's somewhere around that for the TV timeout. It's a lot longer. So that helps in terms of fatigue because now you're, if you were a nine man rotation, you're probably going to be a seven man rotation when you get into the tournament. So I think Kentucky's a team that could be potentially dangerous. Don't so. forget
5: them all. That every time you get hit in the head in the NCAA tournament, we got to check for a flagrant one or flagrant oh. two,
6: and we stop the game for five five okay. hours. Are you,
5: are we we might see that graphic up at least two hundred times during the NCAA tournament. How annoying is that? By, by the way, Everything for people that are unaware,
6: looking.
2: Wyatt does a tremendous job. He does play by play here for UNM UNLB women's basketball, who's going to be the NCAA tournament. They just won the Mountain West tournament the, uh, conference this year. But he, he brings up a great point. This is my biggest pet peeve. They'll go to commercial. They'll come back and then they'll review the clock, dude. What were you doing during that two and a half minutes standing around?
6: That's right. It takes forever. It takes. It can take, in real time, it feels like forty-five minutes sometimes to play the last two minutes uh, of a, uh, you know, or three minutes here of the, you know, of a second half. I lost a bad bet one night,
2: (laughs) so an ex-girlfriend of mine and I one time we're getting ready to go to dinner. She's like, "Come on, let's go." I'm like, "No, we got to watch the end of this game." She goes, "How long is it going to take?" I said. 15 minutes. She goes, you want to bet? I said, what's the bet? She goes, I'll pay for dinner if it's uh, less than 15 oh. minutes. You pay for dinner if it's more than 15 minutes. There's 202 left. See? I'm like, should be pretty good. It's a nine-point game. Of real-time 15 minutes. 22 question. minutes. Who, who are the teams? Well, one of them was St. John's with uh, Stevie Lavin.
6: Oh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, foul, and so foul, I foul. forgot about the parade to the free-throw line we were going to get. But that's, that's the, that is part of the, the process and the problem at the end of some of these games. Very quickly, we're talking about Carolina to win the national championship 70 to 1, Kentucky 60 to 1, Blue Bloods. Both could be on the outside looking in. I'm I got to be honest with you. 70 to 1, I'm not taking that with Carolina even if they got in. Kentucky it's 60 to 1. It feels like to me that's the type of team that if they did get in, you could say, yeah, 60 to 1. What was I thinking ignoring they still have Oscar Dashibway. He was still National Player of the Year last year. They still have legit talent. I know they say Cal just rolls the balls out and then we go play. But if you can do that to a Tennessee, who, oh, by the way, is 25 to 1 or, or 22 to 1 in some boards, if you can just mollywop them on the floor the way they did. Why couldn't they get hot for six games in March? Well, here's the thing with
2: them. To me, if they can win that game that gets you to the Sweet 16, let's say they're not in the playing situation. They're just a regular seeded team. And if they could win the uh, the game on the weekend, on the Saturday or Sunday, they get you the Sweet Sixteen. I think they become extremely dangerous then because the talent is still there. Yes, um, I agree with you. I think Kentucky at sixty one is sixty to one is more attractive than Carolina at seventy to one.
6: Totally. And again, Duke, by the way, for just we're talking about blue bloods, fifty to one. Yeah. So, like to me, out of that those three long shots, two in the uh, SC, ACC and one in the SEC, I would play Kentucky. If you made me play a 50-60 or seventy to one with legit blue bloods. Give me Kentucky at sixty to one. That's the way I'd go.
2: Yeah, you know, if we can get the graphic up of the uh odds on favorite right now, we've got the back page here of yep. fifty to one and, Houston. is still the, the favorite Houston, at seven to one in Alabama So 20. Kansas came down. You yep. know, I took them the other day at twelve to one. And now they're down to ten to one, which doesn't surprise me. I'll tell you a team that nobody's talking about Brilliant. right now, Arizona. Mm. Uh, fourteen to one. You look at Tabellus and Balo inside. I'm going to tell you right now; these are two all airport guys. Tabellus is going to be the Pac-12 Player of the Year. He's having an amazing season. He is so good inside that post. He's a rim runner, can defend with the length. Courtney Ramey's been an incredible transfer over from Texas for them. Uh, the problem for them is still for me is Kirk Carisa. This guy is got he's got too much mustard on the hot dog. I mean, <laughs> it's just a problem with him. But Pella Larson's got some size. This is a dangerous team. I think uh, Baylor and Texas are two teams that you have to watch out for. They're both battle-tested. Think about this right now in this league. Texas is scheduled down the stretch. You're playing Baylor. You're playing Iowa State tonight. You're playing KU. Those are three of your last four games. You are not going to face probably three teams in the tournament that are better than that that you're playing right
6: now. The other team, and we we talked about them slightly yesterday. I just feel like I'm going to wake up in mid late March and go, how come I didn't take the Zags at 28 to one? Why didn't I play Mark few in the team that nobody's talking about? Now, every year we talk about Mark Few. is this year. He's going to finally get the ring, Are they're going to win the championship and they never do. Yeah. And then this year, it feels like sleepwalking through the season. No great non-con wins, right? We go, wow. Yeah. They they didn't play with anybody in the country. And then the, the old conversations of well, St. Mary's is better than they are in their own league this year. All of a sudden, I look and I go, 28-1 to feels like real value to me. I'm looking
2: right now at the teams in the top ten of the graphic. To your point, Houston, Alabama, Kansas, UCLA, Baylor, Texas. They got okay. They're okay with their size. If they play any of those teams, I think Drew Timmy could do extremely well against Purdue with Zach Eady, against Arizona with Bolo and with uh, Tabellus, and then, of course, Connecticut with Sunogo and um, mm-hmm. you know, Klingon inside, and then Tennessee with their big guys. That would be a problem for them. But if they don't wind up with those other teams, I think the Zags can make a deep run. strawther has got to have to have a big tournament for this team. If he plays well, they're dangerous. I like him on the perimeter. Timmy's an experienced guy. They've been there. I, I-, I like the point you make about the Zags. Can't forget about them. I still think they're a dangerous, dangerous team. We're not gonna getting... remember Alabama, they got beaten up pretty good by the Zags in that game. Yep. Brandon Miller was out of his mind, but he is every night. But other than that, they were dominant in that game. So I don't think you can discount them. Um, you know, I'm sorry, what was the other team
6: you mentioned? Well, we were talking about kind of in the conference, right? Mm-hmm. Like St. Mary's is 30 to one and Gonzaga's twenty-eight to one. No disrespect to Randy Bennett. Great job. Great. They're not cutting down the net. Like, yeah. like the Zags at 28-1 to 1 is actually playable, whereas St. Mary's, I just can't see them winning six games in March and April.
2: Yeah, the Aussies don't win if they don't have LeBron on the team. Della, Do- <laughs> uh, Della Vadova and uh, Kyrie don't win without LeBron, so you can't win there. I mean, but, yeah, if we can get but, Andrew Bogut back in there and in play center, yeah, we got a shot here. You mentioned X. Zach Fremantle is not going to play tonight against Nova. By the way, I like the uh, I like X at home tonight, even though oh. it's a revenge spot for Villanova here. Line's probably three and a half, four and a half, because this morning I was looking at as I was looking at it, the number was going up from 180 or 190 in the money line mm-hmm. to 205. Um, so X right now their bench is banged up tonight, so that's a little bit of a concern. Uh, but you look at Sule, Boom, you look at Jones, you look at Jack Nanji, Zach Fremantle, Once he gets back in the lineup, this God, this line is gone. God, yep. I'm so mad.
6: Well, this, I was going to take it at three and a half, didn't get it. Now it's at five. Well, post Jay Wright, this is Villanova has, has not been a solid play. Look, you had Providence on Saturday yeah. against them that that came through as well. They've been they've been pesky, but it feels like I don't know if the cupboards bare or if it's a lack of coaching. But Villanova, this is not your dad's uh, Wildcats anymore.
2: You're absolutely right. By the way, I know we're going to be moving on from college troops, So later on in the show, we will have a
6: play tonight coming up in the SEC. Well, then why don't we come back and do more college hoops? Because I have other games I want to ask you about, too. Fair enough. Can we do it it. next? Absolutely. More college hoops next. Come on back. Big bets here on VC.
3: What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
7: I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet.
8: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: v Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on v the sports betting
3: network.
6: If you're looking for a betting edge on the NHL, NBA, or college hoops, the VEASAN experts have got you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of just $9.99. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides for the biggest games of the season where our experts break down the brackets, best bets, and daily props. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe today to sign up for just $9.99. That's VSIN.com slash subscribe. Talking college hoops with them all. Shaw, I love picking your brain before we get to some of the bigger games on the docket for the evening. Let's get back to that conversation. Let's go back to the Big East. You mentioned you like the X-Men tonight. But maybe the is getting a little bit out of hand. It's up to five now against Villanova. Very quickly, is that still a number that's playable or a little bit out of the comfort zone?
2: Yeah, it's a little bit more – it's playable. It's a little bit more uncomfortable, but um, may, might wait for an early opportunity. Maybe Nova jumps out in front or something like that. I haven't decided, but maybe a money line play if you like another game that you put them with. I, I just think X at home is very tough. They've lost one game this year. Fremantle uh, not being in the game hurts a little bit, mm-hmm. but still, they've been doing it without him for the last several games. I just don't like this Villanova team. I mean, this team has struggled all year long. I don't understand the affinity the odds makers continuously have for them. At some point in time, they are who they are. Yeah. And, and and I mean you you got to accept the fact that this Villanova team is 13 and 14 I wonder if people are betting
6: – the people that are betting Villanova are betting on reputation. It, to a certain extent, it feels like that. Right? And yeah. Jay Wright's not walking through that door. And clearly, this is a team that's not a tournament team right now. We know the X-Men, certainly when they get healthy, uh, have eyes of, of – visions of grandeur, certainly in the Big East tournament and beyond. Let's get stay in that conference, go to Marquette against Creighton. You know I've got an affinity for Marquette because the head coach, Shaka Smart, my old uh, head coach at my alma mater, VCU, now doing a really great job, I'd say, in Milwaukee. Now they're getting five and a half at Creighton, a battle of top twenties here. What do you make of Shaka's crew on the, on the road tonight?
2: I'm going to give you a short, simple answer. No idea. And the reason why I say that, I think it's a terrific game to watch. You know, last night's TCU game was a great game to watch. This is feels like this one. This is one where Marquette could be down two to four, the whole game, couple fouls late. Creighton takes it over the free throw line and wins this game. Marquette hits a three pointer at the end, covers this game. I, I believe Creighton wins the game in Omaha. Uh, I think the X game at minus five is a lot easier than Creighton and Marquette. I think you can make a compelling argument for both sides here. Marquette and Milwaukee has been better than they have on the road. Creighton, same thing. But this is going to be a tough, tough game. And if I recall correctly, this is a revenge spot in this one for uh, Marquette. Because, I'm sorry, for Creighton. Creighton uh, got beat the first time around in Milwaukee. Uh, just trying to pull it up. A 69-58 win by uh, Marquette in December. So, a little revenge here for Creighton. And Blue Jays are always tough at home.
6: And see, that's why I bring up, you know, the games at the beginning of the year like that one in December. And here we are now in late March. have or February. Have these teams changed a whole lot since then? Because, again, yeah. in conference, yeah, of course, you want to beat one of your rivals at top 20 uh, matchup, as we mentioned. But have the teams changed a lot since that first meeting? They,
2: I think Marquette has gotten better. Creighton was dealing with some injuries at the time. They've gotten yeah. better as well. So I think that's something you have to take into consideration. I, I don't know if Brenner played in that game or not. Uh, but to me, when you look at it, Alexander's been tremendous. This is a team that can really shoot the ball, they're comfortable going up with tempo. You know, one thing I was looking at in this game, I didn't play. It was the 146 and a half over. I know last time it was a lower scoring game. Both of these teams can score the basketball. It's not a problem. It's just in terms of dictating a pace of play and tempo. Uh, that, that'll that be key in this one. But you look at both these teams. Marquette averages 80.7 points per game. Clay, uh, Creighton averages 76.3 points wow. per game. So. I'm a little bit surprised at the numbers so a 146.5, but both teams are very solid. You look at um, defensively, Creighton's given up 98.2 per 100 possessions. Uh, Marquette at 101.6, so not bad. Um, but this is one where if this
6: in-game gets below 140 or 141, I'll probably jump on the over. So maybe even you might like the number 146 and a half, but really wait for that in-game spot. If it comes down a little bit, that's when you might really fire.
2: Yeah, but I want to address that real quick because sometimes you don't get the opportunity. Um, the right. you know, perfect example is the Oklahoma State-Oklahoma game a couple of weeks ago. I was on the wrong side there with the Sooners, but there was never an opportunity to even sit there and go, okay, I'm going to take this other side of the money line and come back with it. Missouri AM the other day uh, in Como, that was a similar situation. Yep, and I'm just absolutely took care of business comfortably on Saturday.
6: Yeah, I, I think it's a good point that if you do have a lean or you, you certainly like uh, a, a total or a side here, sometimes you can fire before because the the, the 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 possibility of the exact spot presenting itself that you're looking for as you detail there yeah. might never come to fruition. Yeah. and then you go, man, if I just played at 146 and a half, the game's now in the in the 80s. I would never would have had to sweat it. So, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down there. Let's talk about Indiana, Michigan State, and obviously heavy hearts for everybody in East Lansing, uh, their first game um, since their tragedy they had on campus. And we, we heard Tom Izzo say, you know, we want to play. We, we we feel like we need to do this for our community, for certainly our student body, et cetera, et cetera, to get back to the business of trying to live a, a normal life in a college setting, and part of that is your on-campus facilities. They're going to have a big game tonight against Indiana coming in. So, Heavy hearts in this one, but yet a basketball game will be played. Michigan State unranked. Indiana 17th in the country. Laying three with Sparty. What do you make of this one? It's going to be certainly an emotional beginning, you would imagine, here in East Lansing.
2: Yeah, no question about it. Uh, didn't play this game. Generally liked Sparty at the Breslin Center. Uh, this one will be a tough one. But last time these two teams met Assembly Hall, Indiana won that game, I think, by 13. But they were terrific from beyond the arc. They were uh, 60%, 9 for 15 in that game. In this particular matchup, Michigan State can defend the three-point line. I think they've got a shot. And then you've got to slow down TJD. Trace Jackson Davis, he's yeah. had a tremendous year. He's going to be an All-American. Michigan State 10-2 at home this year so far. To me, um, this is going to be a tight game. I didn't play this one because I, I can't remember last time an Indiana team who's having a – I know they're 19-8. and 8. Record is not overwhelming or overly impressive considering the history of Indiana. Yeah. But for the last seven, eight years, this has been IU's best team. And they are flying under the radar. I don't think people are talking about the Hoosiers enough. I think they're a good basketball team. I think they're really
6: solid. I'm with you. What are those, you know, if you've got, you know, Woodson on one side and you got T to the Izzo on the other, and you've got this gut-wrenching tragedy on campus. How do you address your teams? Because these are still kids. You're still, you know, these aren't professional athletes here. These are college kids. So how do they separate – the emotions of what's been happening on campus to playing a meaningful basketball game. Yeah, it's going to be tough.
2: And, uh, you know, I think
6: if they can do that, they've already got a game under the
2: belt, the game in Ann Arbor. I think that helps a little bit, but that'll be something to pay attention to. I think you'll see a lot of emotion tonight at the Breslin center. And, uh, you know, obviously we wish all the students, everybody, faculty, everybody associated with Michigan state well in this recovery process.
6: Yeah. So this will be part of that healing process tonight, uh, playing that game there in East Lansing, laying the three against Indiana. Iowa State, Texas, back to the best conference in college basketball in your eyes. I don't think it should be much of a debate at this stage. Top 25 matchup here with Iowa State on the road, getting seven and a half. Jeff Hornacek's not walking through that door for the Cyclones. But what do you make of Iowa State on the road tonight in hostile environments in Austin?
2: Yeah, tough, tough spot for them. Iowa State just two and seven on the road. Revenge game here for Texas in this one. Number seems a little bit high to me, but I think the one thing with the Cyclones, when I look at there's six teams ranked in the, in the big Twelve. Uh, Kansas State, Baylor, Texas, Kansas, and um, I'm, I'm forgetting somebody else, but I, I think Iowa State's the weakest of those six teams. Mm. And I, I think Texas has the capability of potentially blowing them out, but Texas hasn't necessarily done that in certain spots in this in this situation. Um, but to me, uh, I think a lot of things favor the Horns here tonight at home. They're 15-1 and one at home this year. The only loss was a game where Kansas State put up 116 points on them.
6: Yeah, that's – it's one of those games, too, where you go, if Iowa State is the weakest link yeah. out of the elite top 25 teams in the conference, mm-hmm. it could show itself on the road, right? That's normally where if you're going to have any warts that show, this is the type of spot. Not to say they're going to get exposed, but if their propensity is to to get blown out, it's not going to happen at home where you would think Iowa State right now getting seven and a half. Some people are going to go, wow, I'm getting seven and a half points in the road. There's a big number with a ranked team, but the problem is – all the ranked teams aren't equal in this in this conference.
2: Yeah, I think when you look at the top of the league with Kansas, Texas, and Baylor, I, I think they're they're better than Kansas State uh, and Iowa State. And without telling, without looking it up, I got I got to figure out who this is. I can't oh. remember for the life of me. I, I'm going to cheat and look it is up. Is this right trivia? Now. No, it's not trivia. I just can't remember a TCU. Oh, TCU. I think is better than Iowa State. And so, well, a TCU fully healthy. Yes, exactly. Makes, right. makes a That's a good point. Yeah, right. very good point there. But to me, I, I think just. The guard play, Texas. You know, Hunter's the Iowa State transfer. By the way, one thing to pay attention to in this game tonight, if you don't bet it before the game, whichever side you like, Caleb Grill, third leading scorer for Iowa State, tremendous three point shooter. If he is shooting the ball well, I think Iowa State's in this game. If he's not, I think it could be, prob- it could be a problem for them. The other thing is uh, you look at uh, it- Holmes and uh, Kausher who've got to shoot the ball well, at least from inside the arc, but really pay attention to what Caleb Grill does tonight for Iowa State. All right, do you, we
6: only have a minute before we have to go to break? Do you want to give your SEC play of the I, day or do you it, want yeah. to
2: wait? No, we'll go with okay. the boys from Como. Your your boy Tyler in the Missouri. Oh, and Michael Parles, Kim and the uh, Mizzou yeah, Mafia? Yeah, the Mizzou Mafia. we got to go with them tonight at home. I don't, I thought this number was a little bit short of 3.5. I thought it should have been 4.5 or 5 against Mississippi State. Revenge spot here for the Tigers in this one. I like Missouri at home. Have that home loss against AM on Saturday. Good bounce-back spot for Dennis Gates' team. They lost the game in Stark Vegas against the Bulldogs earlier this year. I like Missouri to cover the 3.5 tonight.
6: Yeah, you mentioned like, – like uh, Texas A&M and how other people in the state might not look at that fan base glowingly. That's the way I look at Mizzou Mafia. You want me to back Michael Kim and Tyler Foljam and that crew tonight and lay three and a half with Mizzou? I'll do it, but I'll hold my nose in the process.
2: I don't like Mizzou, and I'd normally rip him, but I had dinner with your guy, Tyler. He's a good dude. (laughs) Michael Kim's as nice of a human being as there is, and I like Parle's. You know, I know a lot of people don't like Pros. No, I'm kidding, Jeff. I like <laughs> Jeff because he's a Mets fan. That's about it.
6: When we <laughs> come back, let's go to the NBA next here on Big Bets.
3: v Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on v the sports betting network.
6: Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vSon.com. Check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every single game? Well, the betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see the changes and all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way. VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Back alongside of all Sean, Dave Ross here, South Point Casino and Hotel. This is the time of year, as I mentioned in hour number one, smoke signals might be sent out by GMs, coaches, what they might do. I don't want to give up my sources, but we have sources indicating potentially the Bears could be interested in one Saquon Barkley. Wow. Now, I'm trying to connect dots. You and I are trying to do this during the break, and I'm going make it make it make sense. Yep. Bears obviously hold all the cards when it comes to the draft. They have the number one pick because Lovie Smith didn't want to lose a meaningless football game because the Texans wouldn't fire their head coach a week before the season ended. So now the Texans find themselves in this predicament of being behind the Bears. What are the Bears going to do? Now, I don't know if this is Ryan Poles, the new GM, second year in Chicago, throwing out stuff. Maybe I'll go after Saquon. Now, would it make more sense if Justin Fields is still the guy in Chicago? Because, again, other reports say they could be interested in C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, right? All these things you throw out there. So the Colts go, man, maybe we need to hop up at four to get to one. Would it make sense for the Bears to get Saquon Barkley and, in an odd way, give him the real help he needs? I know everybody's going to say wide receiver. Of course. But you know what would help out Justin Fields even more? A running game. Well, how about an offensive line instead of that car wash they've been running? Yeah. Anything. Something that takes the pressure off of me having to do everything with my legs if I'm I mean, Justin Fields, right? By the way, this is the second
2: time we're going to have this reference today. It's like the running of the Bulls for the defenders against that Bears offensive line. Come on through,
6: everybody. Just make sure you don't get paused over here. Don't fall down. You got to keep moving. You don't want to get gored. I'm with you. The O-line is the number one problem right now with the Bears, Okay. But these are the conversations that are going to be had in the next six weeks. I go get the Bears' number to win the NFC. You wanna take a guess at what it is? Just to win the NFC, not Super
2: Bowl. 20 to 1. 40 to 1. I would bet make that bet all day, every day. Oh, you said NFC. I'm sorry. I thought I was talking about the division. They're never getting burned on that again after the after no. the commanders won it a couple years ago. I got all excited. 40 to
6: 1 to win the NFC. Okay, by the way. Why wow, are the other franchises folding? Arizona's 90 to one. So the Bears are the second. By the way, Bears are the worst record in the league. That's why they have the number one pick. They have the second worst number at 40 to 1 to to win the, the conference. But I look at it and I go, are they that far away? Is, is Green Bay light years ahead no. of the
2: Bears? No, plus they have $100 million in cap space. Yes, they got money to To, burn. Quote, to quote one of my top three favorite people in sports will rally around Justin Fields and play good football. Dick Vermeil is one of my all-time favorites. This team will rally, rally around, around Kurt, Kurt Warner. Warner. Yeah, and they did all the way to the Super Bowl. They had four wins the previous year, and they won 13 the
6: next year. Because if you remember, Trent Green was supposed to be the guy. He went to D.C. Against the Chargers. That's how old I am. I covered Trent Green in D.C. Think about that. So, Trent Green goes down to preseason. Kurt Warner, who's this guy? He was bagging groceries six months ago. And this team's going to rally around Kurt Warner. I don't know what Matt Iberflus is going to rally around. But one, if you're the Bears with that number one pick, to me, it's criminal if you hold on to the pick and take a defensive player. When you know Indianapolis, Houston, Seattle, take your pick, five, six teams that are interested in a quarterback with the number one pick. So I don't know if Saquon falls into this, this domino effect here for Ryan Poles, but man, if I'm a GM... The world is my oyster right now. If I'm Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, I can do whatever I want. I'm above the law like Bill Murray at the end of Kingpin. First of all, I think the Bears
2: do a poor job of attracting free agents. Now, part of it is because people don't want to go and play for the Bears because of how inept they've been, right? No franchise in the history of sports has gotten more mileage out of one championship than the Chicago Bears out of the 85 Super Bowl title. Wow. They should have a statue of Ditka.
5: They will, they will live and die. It, 1985, for the, for the time being, as a Green Bay Packer fan, that's all you hear. 85 Bears, 85 Bears. Like, oh, Lord have mercy. You guys haven't won a game. You haven't beat Green Bay in five years. You guys are terrible. One of the worst franchises in the NFL. They
6: did get to an NFC title game with Jay Cutler. For some reason, Bears fans just forget that And stuff. then Caleb Haney finished and that Caleb game Haney. off. They remember, they, they, they all thought that Jay was faking his injury and didn't want to be out. The guy had a torn knee. I mean, like, the perceptions of certain athletes, because he just looks like smoking Jay, he looks so cool. It's <laughs> so, like he doesn't care. The dude's knee couldn't. He was on the exercise bike. Oh, he's on the bike. He couldn't got out there and played. No, he's torn knee. Do you realize the
2: stuff? Look, I don't make a lot of money here, and, they- and you can talk all the noise you want about me. It doesn't bother me. Can you imagine what you could say about me if you were paying me $10 million a year? I'd be out there making the same chance. That's Jay
6: like, Cutler. sucks.
5: That's Jay Cutler. That's just exactly. That's he why I not Cutler. What anybody what else
6: thinks, but the dude get, did get them to a title game. Now that's a decade ago now. So right? it's
5: sexy Rexy uh, Rex Gross. I was at the, well, that. That was a Super horrific
6: Bowl. Super Bowl down in Miami <laughs> against the Colts. Oh God, that's about three hours of my life I'd like to have back. But if the Bears want to stop talking about Jay Cutler on the exercise bike, if they want to stop talking about Sexy Rexy in the rain against the Colts, if they want to stop talking about the '85 Bears, it starts with this draft. It starts with the number one pick and what Matty Eberfluss and Ryan Poles do with it. And when you hear the news of Saquon Barkley, how does that fit into this domino effect? Again, look at the draft order in the first round. Who needs a quarterback? Oh, my goodness. Who doesn't need a quarterback? Well, Houston. Oh, Pump the brakes there, Ross. Houston, Indy, Seattle, the Raiders, the Falcons, the Panthers, the Titans. Those are all in the top 11. And then the Jets at 13.
2: Damn, I was wrong. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't realize that. He's everybody right.
6: needs a quarterback. Yeah, Dave is right. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. So if the Bears have a quarterback, if, and by the way, I say if, I don't know. Everybody's, oh, they got Justin Fields are fine. I, we don't know what their internal evaluations are like. We talked about this. If you and I go to I, dinner and the mics aren't on, we can have different conversations than you have when the mics are on.
2: It's a great point. And, you know, I thought you, I don't know if you brought it up on air or off air, but you said this and I thought it was. The, the most – it was the best statement in terms of the Bears. You go, if you're Ryan Poles and if you're Matt or Iberflus, you sit down and go, is Justin Fields our guy? That's it. It's a simple yes or no. Those two know the answer, and if they believe in their brain, trust believes he is, then you're going to figure out a way to make something of this uh, pick. Here's the problem with going defense if you're Chicago. Will, I love Will Anderson. Look, for me, I'm telling you right now, I don't care. Jalen Carter's a great player. If I had – Let's say the Bears were really good on offense and you had to go one defensive player. It's not even close for me. It is Will Anderson all day, every day. By the way, it was criminal that he wasn't even invited to the Heisman uh, ceremonies. Do me a favor for you, uh, Hutchison fanboys over there. Pull up the numbers of Will Anderson 2021 and uh, Hutchison's 2021 numbers.
5: Oh,
6: uh, uh, yeah. He, yes.
2: He, he, Just pull him up for a minute and then read it to us when we come back on the other side of the break. Uh, and no, the no, Aiden
5: deserved it after what he did to Ohio State. That go go back. Or,
2: he won't even do it because he knows how bad it was a crime. It was it was a criminal they effort. Know,
5: you know what? You're right. They should have taken CJ Stroud out and put Will Anderson Ooh, up there. Shots right. That's fine. But here's <laughs> the thing.
2: Uh, no, listen. I, I'm Listen, I'm very steadfast in my opinions, but if I'm wrong, I can admit it very quickly. I'm not a stubborn person. But I want you to pull up these numbers and look at them. I know you're not used to seeing great numbers by Michigan people and you want to marinate in that runner-up finish of the Heisman. But just take a look at that for a second. All I'm saying is I think Will Anderson's a difference maker. If you're the Bears, though, you've got to go offense. There's not an offensive lineman in this draft that you're going to necessarily get. To me, I would love to see them get give up the first pick, get something at like four and potentially 11. Who's got two picks in the first round here?
6: Um, there's a couple of teams. The Eagles trade, they've got the 10th because of that trade a couple years ago yeah. with New Orleans. Seattle traded up. Uh, they get that move because of the Russell Wilson deal with Denver. That's why they get the five spot. Uh, the two picks in the first round because again, we have the top 14 on the screen here. What's really intriguing to me is when you look at the head coaches now with the musical chairs of coaches, yeah. right? Are we going to say, Shane Steichen, you get to pick your quarterback at Indy? Maybe. Right? Yeah, maybe. That's part of the – maybe that be, might be part of the process when he came in to take the head coaching job. Like, hey, we're going to allow you to pick who you want. And see, when you mention, say, a guy like Will Anderson, right? Mm-hmm. Look at who two is. D'Amico Ryans. Now, I know – Great, great point. Didn't think about that great right? point. Because, yes. like, I look at the Lions last year dra- drafting Aiden Hutchinson – Boy, they are so happy they drafted Aiden Hutchinson. They're looking like we got our guy. We got our franchise defensive end that we hope can be a Miles Garrett in Cleveland for 10 years, right? A guy that we can plug and play for 10 years and know we're good on the edge. If you could say that about Will Anderson for outside, a linebacker himself and D'Amico Ryans in his playing days, I'm not saying that they're not going to take a quarterback because everybody's already got them penciled in. And a Bama guy. But that wouldn't that make some sense? For D'Amico Ryans? It would, but I don't... Look, here's my thing, and
2: I I hate to compare anybody to Lawrence Taylor, but unless you're going to have an LT or Aaron Donald type of impact, I can't draft a defensive player. The Kansas City Chiefs are a perfect example of... Chris Jones is a tremendous player, top five, top seven defender on the line. Yeah. But outside of Jones, when you look at what Mahomes can do for you and what Travis Kelsey can do for you, they win with that, right? Like, I'm not trying to take away or disrespect the rest of the team, Mm -hmm. but it's like... You give me those two dudes, we'll figure out a way to make it work. Where's Saquon Barkley lining up Week One in the NFL? New York. Back with the Giants. Yeah, it's just a rumor. I don't think it doesn't make sense for the Bears to go get him with one year left on a rookie deal. I
6: think he's in the fifth-year option phase. But if they don't want to pay him, if the Giants make the determination they don't want to give him the big contract, you shouldn't. It's a running back. I agree. Zeke Elliott situation all over itself. Yep. Uh, When we come back, finishing touches on this edition of Big Bets here on VC.
8: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura podcast network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: v Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on v the sports betting network.
6: As basketball and hockey seasons continue, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be. Bet Rivers has you covered for every line, odd, and boost. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Saturday Hockey Same Game Parlay Bet and Get, Weekly Pro Basketball Bet and Gets, and much more. Check out BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today. It is a whole new ballgame. Back alongside Amal Shaw, Dave Ross here. We're talking about Saquon Barkley and why potentially he'd be going to Chicago. It might not be this simple, but know this. The Bears have roughly $100 million in cap space. I say again, $100 million in cap space. They got rid of the Roquan Smiths. they're moving out contracts left and right. all. they got money to burn. They might burn some on Saquon.
2: Yeah, the Lakers would spend it on two players. <laughs> Go ahead.
6: But again, Saquon, what now? Year six. This would be his sixth year. Wide. Is that correct?
5: Oh yeah. But going into year six.
6: So could the Giants do anything to, to franchise tag him? Because those the, deadlines are all coming. Yeah,
5: they can still franchise tag him. But it, what's going to be the hard part is trying to figure out what Daniel Jones is going to do. Well, how he much wants, money he's. He wants forty-five million now. Yeah. We're hearing. So what? they want forty-five oh, yeah, million. You, you
6: didn't hear the going rate? Oh, Daniel Jones is talking about forty-five million dollars. Is he you? talking about from Goldman Sachs? Is he on Wall Street? And that's why Daniel when you, Jones, when you look at Dak Prescott's 40 million a year and you go, oh my God, Daniel Jones is gonna get paid more than Dak Prescott. The going rate, it just goes up, up, and up each and every passing year. So whether or not you think these guys are worth it or not is almost not even the conversation. It's the going rate of the marketplace. And the marketplace in our fine capitalistic system dictates that Daniel Jones could be in line for 45 million. I hope they pay him 50. Why stop there? (laughs) Can I hear 60? (laughs) Like, as a a guy who's going to root and back the Cowboys, I hope they give Daniel Jones all the money. But this does then make sense. If the Giants don't franchise tag Saquon Barkley, then the Bears could be in position to spend some of that money. They don't have to spend it all, but they're going to make waves in free agency, and that could be a very big first shoe to fill.
2: First of all, I don't have a problem with Daniel Jones get a billion dollars. doesn't matter to me. All I'm saying is, do you really think Daniel Jones with his great running skills against the Minnesota Vikings is worth that type of money if you're the New York Giants? I think they've made some really good decisions. I don't think they'll make a bad decision here and pay him that kind of money.
6: Every time they had a, a big game, and the Giants had a great year, and uh, Brian Dable was coach of the year. Fine. No no, no quarrel from me. If you noticed, and you know me, I like to read between the lines sometimes at press conferences. They go, oh, wow, Daniel Jones was an amazing coach. And you go, yeah, he played a good game. Yeah, but coach, what do you, what'd you think about Daniel's performance? Yeah, O-line played pretty well, too. <laughs> like I was like, wow, does he hate Daniel Jones? But does he knows he, just, who he is. He, does he just not want to talk publicly, keep his head grounded? And then all of a sudden now Daniel Jones is like, pay me $45 million. But Daniel Jones going not get that kind of money? We weren't even sure coming into the, the, the 17th week of the season if he was going to be on the team. Next year. I mean, it's stunning to me, the money we're talking about. Okay. So that's where it does make a little bit more sense. If the Giants don't want to franchise tag Saquon, they go, we got to spend it now on Danny Dimes. That's where we're going to spend the money. No, I don't think you should. I don't think you should pay Saquon. Running backs are diamond dime a
2: dozen, even though Saquon's far better than the average running back. He had an
6: amazing comeback year this year. Yeah, that's fine. But
2: still, look, we saw this with Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley. You just don't pay these guys. The shelf life isn't there
5: long right. term. And
6: so and that's, that's the thing. Like, Gurley, once you get the injury, right, Gurley was never the same guy again. Right. They paid him a bad deal. Good for Gurley, by the way, in L.A., Uh, And he was damaged goods.
2: Michael Lombardi said the New England Patriots doctor said that Gurley does not get to a second contract. Yeah. So I think if you thought that you can't draft the guy, you can't sign him. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay Daniel Jones. To me, I would rather take a risk of letting a guy walk than overpay a player that handcuffs you. And I always think back to the uh, angels paying Albert Pujols. I thought the St. Louis Cardinals showed why they're one of the top tier franchises in sports. You look at that 10-year run from one to 10, Mm -hmm. what Albert put up in baseball, was as good as anybody for 10 years, and they allowed him to walk away.
6: I I agree. By the way, again, let's just play GM, because you've actually interviewed for GM positions in in major sporting leagues. If you you were Ryan Poles, Mm -hmm. and I've just given you $100 million, and the first pick in the draft, who's got it better than Ryan Poles? You got all this money to burn in free agency, and I have the number one pick. And we think we've got our franchise quarterback that it doesn't get to look any better than
2: that in a front office. I need to leave some time for him to bring up the Hutchison Anderson numbers, but real quick,
6: um, are you definitive? You're going with fields. Well, again,
2: just, just, just give me a
6: yes or for no. For this, this hypothesis, th- yes. 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 Okay. Heels is a guy. You got 100 million and the one pick go.
2: Now you've got an opportunity to come to the second second biggest city in America, from a, or third biggest from a, from a size standpoint, marketability. Yeah. You know, you're in Chicago, second city. So many great things there, great fan base. To me, you got the 100 million, plus you got the first pick in the draft. You've got to turn this into an NFC championship team by 2025. Whoa, we're on the clock.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Because it does. you don't get as, positioned this well. They're ever. not as bad as
2: where they're drafting. Right. Right. Generally, when teams are drafting in this position, they're horrific. They need wide receivers. Look, to me, I'll, I'll be honest with you. If I were the Bears right now with the first pick, if I could move down, I know this could be, save your tweets for it. It's not being biased. I'm just giving you a couple of guys whose names <laughs> pop out off the top of my head. I'd move back to 10, 12, 15. I take Paris Johnson out of Ohio State at left tackle. Mm. He's the number one or two rated or the kid out of Northwestern. If you can get either of those two guys to tackle, I take them. And then I take a a Jordan Addison or Jackson Smith and Jigba in the top 40, or if you can get them late first round. And that's where you build your foundation. Now you've got a wide receiver. Now you've got uh, a tackle. If you can get one of those four guys, two of those four guys, I think you're in the right shape. And then you go get people in free agency because remember you still got Fields on a rookie deal for three more years. That's what benefited Seattle. Yes. Then you go get somebody that can have an impact. I haven't looked at free I haven't looked at free agency in terms of the names that you want, but there's an opportunity if you do that.
6: And remember the cap is going up 16 million dollars this year. And see that's why again we mentioned they have the second longest odds to win the NFC next yeah. year. Arizona is the worst at 90 to 1. I actually look at the Bears. And again, this this would be if you're taking this number now, remember this people. Last year at this time, you could have gotten the Eagles, once the first numbers came out in the marketplace, the Eagles to win the NFC East at almost four to one. And then the AJ Brown trade happened. And then the Eagles had what everybody and it did turn out to be a really good draft, right? And then all of a sudden they went from being a 4 to one underdog to the co favorite with the Cowboys to win the division. So, I'm not saying the Bears' number is going to go from 40 to 1 to 15 to 1 to win the conference. But I will tell you this I will be stunned if you can get 40 to 1s on the Bears to win the NFC
2: in about three weeks. I would agree with you there. And I think some of these plays you make, and, and this is the one thing I've been, I never really got into the future as a tunnelist. I picked teams that I really thought were going to win it all. Yeah. Um, you know, to me, there's some great opportunities to take a team like the Bears. You look at this division, Detroit, Minnesota, and Green Bay, along with the Bears. There's no, there's no, no team here. This is not the early '90s Cowboys. Even no. with San Francisco, they're a very
6: good team, but they're not the early '90s Cowboys. And and that's where I think you have an opportunity to take advantage of it. Yeah, and remember, the Vikings were a losing team coming this time last year, mm-hmm. and they easily ran the ran the they're- rough shot of the division and, and wanted it. Well, going away. And so I don't. I'm not saying the Bears are going to be that team next year, but every year this will happen. A team like the Vikings that go from under 500 Correct. to in the rest of the week. We gave the best example a little while ago. The Rams. Yes. Right when they won with the greatest show on turf. There you go. Four, so th- four wins to 13. So this is going to happen. Seattle was projected to be one of the worst teams in the NFL last year. Yep. They were a wild card team. Great point, Dave. Great point. So I'm just looking at some of these numbers here, and, and the Bears might be the most intriguing to me for ultimate long shots. Because, again, Ryan Poles doesn't have a bad – he doesn't have a history, right, right, as a new GM. But if we're trusting Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus to do this right, man, they've got everything at their disposal they could possibly ask for. So, to me, if you're a Bears fan, man, you said 2025 – I tell you what, 2023 is looking pretty promising already.
2: Well, it is. I, I just don't and, know if they, they can make it, it there. Yeah.
6: Yeah. They got to play these, I, these draft picks right.
2: And to your point, actually, it's, actually, you're right on the 2023 because this is a huge year for Fields, right? This is a proven year. They got to get him a receiver, though. Year three. I mean, yeah. But it's they got to get him somebody on the perimeter. They have nobody out there. You look at the young quarterbacks that have done well. Tyreek Hill goes to Miami. Uh, AJ Brown and, yeah. and Devontae Smith in Philadelphia. Yeah, and Jalen Waddle also in Miami. You look in San Francisco, Purdy's got Debo, Brandon Ayukes, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle. What the hell do the Bears have? No, and Probably have Aiden
5: Hutchinson catching the ball. Well, they did try to... They didn't make the trade for Chase Claypool, gave up a second round. And that just fell flat on his but face. What a terrible trade you that know was.
2: What? Just for that statement alone, referencing Claypool, and I know he's being completely sarcastic, and he's right on that.
5: No, I'm saying, like, they, they when they've, they've tried and failed to go. Well, I need my
2: phone. I'm about to throw it at you if you mention Chase Claypool again. <laughs> that guy is so bad. Just give me the Hutchinson numbers against Will Anderson, please. All right, Aiden, so Aiden I mean, Hutchinson
5: and his Heisman uh, runner-up year. 62 tackles, 16 and a half tackles for loss, 14 sacks. For Will Anderson, back in 2021, he had 101 tackles, 31 for loss, 17 and a half sacks. So, they were, they were pretty close. I can, see why. I can see why the voters, you know. They were, and... only,
2: they were only off by about 15 on the <laughs>
5: TFLs. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, I mean, but
2: he's right on the Claypool thing. It was a bad move. It,
6: that's the only bad move Ryan Poles has made so far as a young GM in the league. But, by the way, this is a huge year for the Bears, as you mentioned. It does not look better than the front office has positioned the Bears to be in right now. And they should give uh, Lovie Smith drinks for the rest of his life for free in the city of Chicago. <laughs> After losing, not losing that game. All right, uh, great show today. We'll see you tomorrow here on Big Bets so on these
0: It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff.